Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 115. Coming at you from the Minger True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in Pierre, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Biggie. Joining me via Skype, we've got member of the 22 Highway 22 crew, Sean Glassman. Sean, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? As always, I'm doing great. Jump right into it, Sean. This week we got a lot to talk about. Starting first of all, got to talk about our friends RPW Rage and Pro Wrestling pre- presents Envision Two, an all women's event that is Saturday, June third at Wild River Pizza Pub. Tickets are still available. However, front row seats sold out. Nice. Second row seats going quick. Third row seats still available. Meet and greet passes still available. Fifteen dollars in advance, twenty dollars at the door. Meet and greet from one thirty to three thirty. Bell time at four. Envision two taking place June third, Shyockton, Wisconsin. Be there. Also, got to talk about our friends over at Braze Energy. Repsports.com, code root four R O T number four, fifteen percent off any order. Whether it be the sleep supplements, the energy drinks, you name it, it's there. Fifteen percent off merchandise, clothes, hats, shirts, whatever. It's all there. Fifteen percent off code root four R O T number four. With that, Sean, we get right into it as to what we had rooted for in the past week. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores, including the NBA gear for the remaining teams still in the field. As of recording, three teams left in the NBA. We've got Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets, and the Boston Celtics. Boston could be eliminated tonight with just an incredible playoff run by the Miami Heat. We saw them knock off Milwaukee in the opening round. We'll talk a little NBA here as we go along, but I'll kick off here with what we had rooted for, and that is, Sean, I'm going to take NASCAR over the weekend. Uh, NASCAR made their return to North Wilkesboro Speedway um, after a 27-year hiatus. Last race was in September 1996, and Jeff Gordon got the win there. They returned for the All-Star race this weekend. Won by Hendrick Motorsports, Kyle Larson. Um, Ramsey was at the race on Sunday down in North Wilkesboro. He reported back that it was an incredible event, one of the better NASCAR races he's been to. Um, He did say that the new car was a little problematic for the track and that hopefully they can kind of figure it out for races going future or going forward in the future. But... Um, yeah, he said it was a great event. He has been to two Bristol dirt races as of late, which is kind of, you know, I asked him to kind of compare, you know, you had the spectacle, the first Bristol dirt race, you have the return to North Wilkesboro. And he had mentioned, um, that North Wilkesboro was incredibly well put on at all facets. So it was really cool to see the cars back in action. The fans came out in droves. They had some of the, the overhead shots and like the, you know, the, like blimp shots and drone shots of all the different fans. Really throughout the weekend, the truck race was there on Saturday. Uh, Ty Majeski taking second to Kyle Larson in that truck race on Saturday afternoon. But all in all, hats off to NASCAR for really taking an event and actually hitting a home run with it. Um, again, like I said, just kind of cool to see that historic track. So that's my route for Sean. What do you got? Um. Uh... You know what? I'm going to go with Carmelo Anthony because he finally retired here just in the last couple days here. 
And now the Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, which is actually pretty awesome. And just shows what, what kind of career that Carmelo had. And it, it's kind of crazy. He, he never won a championship. It's so one- really sad. I mean, the guy had 19 years in the NBA. Probably 13, 14 good ones. Right. Including a resurgence here at the end of his career. Um, starting kind of with that Portland run. Culminated in a uh, year-long Lakers run. Um, and as you mentioned, the Lakers are going to the finals. Like I said, we'll talk more about that. Okay. Um, we all we all know my LeBron fandom. <laughs> um, so I was a little sad last night, but as a LeBron fan, nothing to hang your head on. The guy had an incredible series. Um, Still didn't win. Aver- Sean, he averaged in this series 28 points. 27.8 points, 9.5 rebounds, 10 assists, with a torn tendon in his foot. Still didn't win. He didn't. He did not have... Anthony Davis isn't Batman. Guy's in his 20th season. Last night, he set a career high for most points and a half at 31 points in his 20th season. That's incredible. So he only had seven points in the second half? Uh, He had nine. Oh. Ooh. But all timer, Sean. All timer. Not even gonna touch it. Not even gonna touch it. All right. Anyway, with the positives do come the <laughs> negatives, and that leads us to our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. Sean, I've got a few, so if you have one, by all means, go ahead. You go. You take it. Go ahead. All right. So. I kind of had a few that I've, that I've kind of gone through here, um, really, again, throughout the last week. And I'm going to start off with my, kind of what I had for my root four, also turning into a nuggie. I will say NASCAR had a great event this week in North Wilkesboro. However, NASCAR and Fox Sports dropped the ball with, televising this weekend and promoting it um so first of all the i gotta say hats off in the sense of the one of the cooler storylines of the race coming in besides it being the all-star race and um just some of the best of the best in that sport being there and racing and not having kind of bogged down with some of those park and or start and park kind of cars um, my favorite storyline kind of coming in outside the guys that I'd like to root for was the Kevin Harvick 29's final ride. Um, NASCAR allowing Kevin Harvick to go from the four to the 29 since it was an open number this season and race it one time again, cause it's non points race gets to race the 29 car had it all decked out. It didn't have the Bush light sponsor, um, but had it all decked out like his original 2001, uh, GM car when he first took over for Dale Earnhardt. So that was awesome. Where it becomes a nuggie. So first of all, not sure how much you've been paying attention to the NASCAR schedule. Very, very inconsistent in the sense that last weekend at Darlington, half the drivers were racing with like throwback schemes. And like this weekend, there was probably about three or four of them doing that as well. So I 
I kind of think it's a little bit of a ball drop. Just I wish it would have been all been for the, the all-star race or all for one race. <clears throat> Again, you might not have had the Kevin Harvick thing at that one race if it was a points race. But, you know, maybe save that for the all-star race then. Because I was thinking, I was telling Shauna when we were watching this the other night, like last weekend in the Darlington race, Chase Elliott ran a scheme like his dad's number nine car. Like, remember the Dodge um, number nine car? And I thought that would have been really cool because he raced that last weekend, if he would have done that this weekend as well. Um, And a few other ones that, you know, had different throwbacks. Uh, William Byron, who had won two weeks ago at Darlington, had a tribute to the Jeff Gordon 2000 All-Star race car. Um, And that's just the kind of the couple that I can think of off the top of my head. I know there was a bunch of them. Um, So I would have liked to have a little bit more consistency on that. But also, just again, blaming Fox Sports for this, you return to a track that you hyped up on social media and... You're running episodes of The Simpsons on Sunday night. And maybe they were new episodes. I didn't even check to see if they were new episodes or whatever. I'm not a big Simpsons fan the way it is. But you're running either new episodes or reruns of The Simpsons on Sunday night on your main, your national, nationwide, over-the-air Fox channel. And you're burying this all-star race on Fox Sports 1, which it was great coverage. I mean, they had Daryl Waltrip was back in the booth. Uh, Richard Petty and Daryl Waltrip did the start command. It was, again, just front, top to bottom, start to finish was an awesome event. But you buried it on Fox Sports 1. And then on Saturday, you had the truck race that I don't think was televised. If it was, it was on a Fox Sports like Extra channel. I couldn't find it on Sunday afternoon. As they were in overtime, I was trying to find time and Jesse to see if he, would, if he won or if um, Kyle Larson was able to hold him off. In NASCAR's overtime. So that was my first nuggie, just taking a great event. And the social media response, I mean, I saw the social media, like, because they had, like, the before and after photos of North Wilkesboro. Um, and it was awesome, but kind of buried the lead. Right. Uh, my second nuggie, I'm going to go with Nike and the MLB City Connects this year. Uh, we had two released within the last couple weeks here. Um, Cincinnati and Baltimore had their City Connects come out. I didn't love either one of them because they're so plain. And Baltimore's, I think, had a lot of possibility that they could have done. But they kind of phoned it in. And it was just, It's an all-black uniform. It's got... Some of like the Maryland flag kind of trim, which I thought was kind of cool, and the city of Baltimore flag, which is pretty unique, like kind of like the, the state of Maryland. Okay. But beyond that, it's just a plain black black jersey, black pants, which I don't really love for baseball myself. Isn't that um, what you? Oh. Hmm. Isn't that what you had in high school? No, we had we had grays. Oh. Um. But yeah, it was just like I said, it just I didn't love this one. I didn't love um, Cincinnati because Cincinnati was all black too. Maybe and, that's what do this year. Who knows? And I like, as a whole, I like the all black look for a lot of sports. But I don't think baseball is the one that I like it for. And, and really, 
so many of these city connectors they're so polarizing either you love it or you hate it there's not really an in-between right honestly i think the brewers are probably the closest to an in-between because it's it's a very safe but it's a very good look i think right and bias aside i mean i, I love the brewers one because and i'm probably biased as a brewers fan but a lot of them i think really miss the mark um and a lot of them kind of look like college jerseys, which I don't know if that's the goal or not, because a lot of these aren't college cities. And college baseball is a tough enough kind of thing to follow the way it is. But kind of going with that all, like, even Colorado is where they've got, like, the Rocky Mountains in green, but they've got, like, that, like, dark green pants. I think it's just not a great look, personally. Yeah, that that sounds kind of stupid. So, like that's should, number two. Like, it should be, like, mountains in purple would be pretty cool, or... Oh, exactly. Or silver for Coors, <laughs> that, and... Right. You know, kind of go off that, but... What or do we, we know? Get, we like, don't... a blue and a red for, like, the Colorado State flag, or yellow. But, yeah, the, the green... Like I said, it's just a weird look. Yeah. Um, And a lot of, like I said, a lot of these this year... The and I know this is this is one of last year's, but the Astros going with like the navy blue, all blue, blue pants. Which again, for baseball, I just don't love color pants, and that's kind of on me. That's a personal taste. Yeah, you're weird. It's okay. But, yeah, just I'm not a big fan. I think that they these years have just haven't been that good. Um, so those are my first two. My third one. Actually, kind of a discussion I want to have with you here, Sean. So, uh, first, I'm going to say Nashville radio host. I, I have to get his name because um, I don't want to just falsely throw the whole city of Nashville under the bus here. But there is a Nashville sports radio host that was out burying the Milwaukee Admirals and Nashville Predators fans because, as we know, um, Milwaukee Admirals are the affiliates of the National Predators. Okay. Uh, the National or the Milwaukee Admirals did move on to the next round of the playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit more later in the episode. But this fan or this radio host, which by the way, on the flagship station of the Predators, um, is out here dragging people for wanting to care about how the Admirals were doing. And he, you know, he was saying about how, um, you know, it's one thing if, if you are caring about the prospects individually, but to care about how the team does makes you a loser. Like, those were his words. And... I wanted to ask you, Sean, as your, you know, as a sports fan, and I mean outside the NFL, because like, I mean the Brewers have affiliates, the Bucks have an affiliate technically with the G League team, and we don't really, I mean we don't have an NHL team. We have the Milwaukee Admirals in our backyard here as well. But as a Brewers fan, I mean the Timberwolves are cool because they're local, but say like the Nashville Sounds, just let's actually it's a polar perfect kind of flip the situation around. If the Nashville Sounds, the Brewers AAA affiliate, are in their playoffs at the end of the year, and the Brewers fans, and let's say the Brewers would be eliminated, 
Do you care how the sounds are doing? Yeah, you would. Would you take some interest in watching that? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would take some interest in watching it. So that's what I thought too. I mean, yes, I would love to see you know, like Jackson Churio and you know a number of other prospects. You know, to watch them win, learn how to win, right. so they can help you win on the big league level. Right. I think that that that'd be the main goal is just learning how to win and getting that big. What do I want to say? Big moment experience. Right. Getting the playoff experience. And yes, it's not it's not the same level per se, but it's still playoff sports. It's still you know, light at you know, the lightest, brightest lights at the level that you're at. And and for some of these guys it might be the highest level that they get at get to. Right. And they're still they're still trying to provide for their families and everything like that too. Just kind so, of the guy kind of a dink. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I like I said, it, I saw this yesterday. It really rubbed me the wrong way. And do am I am I gonna sit here super invested in it? Probably actually. Like I mean, if if the sounds or if it's Biloxi I'll watch. I, I mean, I have the MLB app, and I, you know, I have the access to watch those. If it's the Timber Rattlers, you bet your ass I'm going to Appleton. Right, exactly. To watch. So, yeah, it, like I said, it was just a weird, a weird take to have, and to be so adamant on it and like calling people losers. But, I mean, at the same time, this guy, apparently, I did some digging, and it didn't have to like, dig deep. But there were people commenting on this tweet, and like, because he tweets the video, like he live streams his radio show in Nashville. But people going after him for like he'll go to like he'll be working um, like a Predators game or like a Titans game. He's got the Braves on or something. Like, you know, he's not fully invested in his job either. So I don't know. Like I guess it just it was a not a great look. In my book, and I kind of wanted to see what you where you were on that too. If you thought it was as bad as I did, because I was pretty fired up about this last night. Right, I can I can only imagine. And I mean, I don't know. Like I don't, I haven't seen a lot of. I have not been to a Bucks or Wisconsin herd game. So maybe um I guess maybe I'm a little bit guilty, but I'll catch them on ESPN Plus if they're on and right. You'll still you. It's not like you won't just you'll hear. Oh, it's the only game on, so I'm gonna watch it. No, you'll you'll go out of your way to watch it and kind of type type of thing. Right. So yeah, I'm glad we got we're on the cover on the same page on that. Um. Right, and we we love going to the gambler games, to the Blizzard games, and those games are just they're just fun to go to. Yeah, and granted, like those aren't even affiliates per se. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so, like, you can definitely have fun, but you can definitely, I think, as a fan, you should have some obligation to care about how, you know, especially in hockey where your top prospects aren't necessarily playing. 
Well, even it's exactly like baseball. I mean, it's a little, it's less spread out, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the same concept. I'm going to watch where Jackson Chirio is and um, Robert Gasser, one of the pitchers who's kind of on that borderline of of being up and you know possibly being up here, especially with all the pitching injuries. I'm going to watch these guys, and if their team, you know, is playing in meaningful games for them as September rolls around, especially if the Brewers are done, right? then I'm going to fully invest in that, and it's still being a Brewers fan. Right, exactly. So, I think I might have found... Jared Stillman is the guy's name. Uh, he's a host on 102.5 The Game in Nashville. Probably not going to be for too much longer. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to probably lose his job over this, but I had some beef with it, so. (laughs) Anyway, those are our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Weeks. Um, Sean, with that, do you want to go into our Wisconsin Web Story of the Week? Sure. Or do you want to go into a surprise? Uh oh. We'll we'll go with Wisconsin Webster. I'll, I'll keep it light for you. Okay. Um, so a couple actually I want to touch on this week. We'll make them real quick. So first of all, I hope I'm not giving spoilers here to our listeners, but if I am, I am. This is not probably the show uh, that we're gonna have a whole lot of crossover on. But I will say, if you are a Jeopardy fan and you are deeply invested, and if you're a couple days behind, stop listening. Skip a couple minutes forward. Give them a couple minutes. <laughs> Give them a second. All right. If you're still listening, and if you're a Jeopardy fan or not, this is on you. I'm not taking blame for this. I am guilt-free here. Uh, St. Norbert professor Ben Chan's time on Jeopardy has come to an end after nine straight wins. Winnings came out to $252,000. Um, after nine days, he would have been on a 10th victory to, on Tuesday, which was today. But a spelling error knocked him down in Final Jeopardy. Of course it did. So, uh, this What's guy, I mean, he had a hell of a run. I, they had watch parties at St. Norbert. He got to throw out the opening pitch and shoot the brat, brat Zuka at the Tim Rattlers game last week. Um <laughs> And he's a philosophy professor. Said he's going to use the funds to spoil his beloved rescue dogs with the finest treats. Um, so he does, as a winner of five or more games, he does get to participate in the Tournament of Champions coming up, whenever that is. So um, if you're invested into Jeopardy land and you want to learn more about him, you can go to Fox 11 News, uh, kind of learn about Ben Chan. I'm sure the University of St. Norbert's College has... More stuff on him as well, but his time comes to an end on Jeopardy, Sean. What did he spell wrong? Does it I, say? I doesn't have that on here. Oh, man. But I'm going to go on record saying we probably couldn't spell it either. You don't know that. I'm going to take a wild guess here. 
I feel really smart when they don't know any of the sports questions, and I know all the sports questions. So I'm, Actually, I really do, too. And I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up, because that makes me feel better, too. Um, real quick here, Sean. The National Weather Service has accumulated its snowfall totals for the year for Wisconsin. Presque Isle ranked number one in the state with 167.6 inches of snow. Nice. Um, also, Land Lakes came in second, 161.7. Um, just for kind of bringing it here a little bit more local, to us anyway, uh, Green Bay, or Appleton at 83.6, Cecil 84.7, Surrey 82.3, Green Bay 77.2, Shano 72.9, Pulaski 73.7, um, Oconto 70.3, the lowest total, according to National Weather Service, uh, was Manitowoc with 29.8 inches. Wow. I'm talking about a hell of a discrepancy. That's almost 140 inches difference. Right. In different parts of the state. I mean, obviously, you have like, the whole lake effect and all that. And I don't even know how that works, but it's a thing. <laughs> so... Snow totals in for the year. These are preliminary. I guess, technically speaking, it could go through July, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. But I'm going to go ahead and I think we're at the turn, Sean. I really do. Oh, so so if it snows again, it's your own. It's your fault. I will take blame if it snows again, unless it's over three inches. Why wouldn't you get the blame then? Because that's just a freak storm at that point, then. Like, that's incredible. No, no, I'm still blaming you. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you would blame me for if it was basically anything, so I'm, I'm just going to take that in stride. Yep, you got that right. All right, one last one here, Sean, I wanted to get to, because I saw this one today before I saw the Jeopardy thing. Um, and I got really excited about this, and I don't know why. Madison, Wisconsin, NBC 15. Take your brought to work day. Pre-orders are open through tonight. Actually, it has closed technically since we started recording. Brought Fest is just a week away, and everyone at WMTV-TV is getting excited to kick off Memorial Day weekend, the best way we know how, with a brought. As always, NBC 15's Take Your Brought to Work Day kicks off Friday morning, May 26th, and the morning show team will broadcast live from Bratfest from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Well, everyone is welcome to come out and get their brats that day. Time is running out for those who want to place an order ahead of time. And apparently, this station is willing to deliver brats to you. I'm assuming within the Madison area. I'm assuming they're not going to come up here. That's disappointing. But Bratfest um, had to be in by 6 p.m. tonight. You can also request people who, it says people buying 60 or more brats and who are about to be the most popular person in the room can get their brats dropped off Friday morning. Three rounds of delivery times to choose from. For anybody making really big orders, 100 brats or more, get them pre-ordered, can pay ahead of time, and set up a specific time. They have a dedicated drive-through for 100-plus brats. Wow. So had to hit that one here as well interesting one that's for sure Bratfest in madison that kind of makes me happy take right. your to work day 
<laughs> right. So, all right, Sean, as promised, because I want to catch you off guard. Why? I saw this online, so we've been kind of skipping our drafts the last couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure this is something we will revisit in a later time frame. But just as of right now, I wanted to ask, and just real, this is, I wanted this lightning style, so that way you didn't have time to think about it. Oh, Jesus. So I saw like a draft, like the best jersey numbers or whatever. And it's a very, it's a very popular, it's a very easy sports talk thing. Um, so with that in mind, I figured we would do zero to 15 best person or however you want to take it to represent that number. Any sport, any whatever. Anything you can think of? Anything you can think of to represent that number. We'll go zero to 15. And we'll start with either zero slash double zero. So I will kind of want to rapid fire through these, but uh, I don't know why, but I'm blanking on zero too. You'd have to almost go Westbrook. That'd be one. Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. I'll go Gilbert Arenas over Westbrook. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of anybody else in like MLB or anything like that that wears zero. Bryce Trang's the first brewer to wear zero. I don't think he's quite there yet, so. Right. Actually, no, he's not the first brewer. uh, Mario Feliciano wore it last year. Yep. Okay. Number one. You almost got to go Bulls D. Rose. I'm going to go Pat McAfee. Oh, geez. Just (sighs) because. Shout out to Pat McAfee getting the ESPN deal, by the way. But D. Rose is probably the better choice. All right, number two. Derek Jeter. Jeter, yep, that was mine as well. Three. Dale Earnhardt. Also, that's what I had as well. I'll go Babe Ruth, should be different on this one. Yeah, but I had Dale Earnhardt in my mind. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade would be the other one. (coughs) Number four. Number four, Brett Favre. Adam Vinatieri. No, I'd probably go Brett Favre. Uh, Number five. Number five. Number five. Number four. Number five. Number five. Um, um. I can't think of a number five. Paul Horning? Uh, yeah. I will say, in a totally different conversation, I am going to give the benefit that in five, ten years from now, we might be saying Kyle Larson there. Could be. Um, but he, I would say that Paul Horning technically has it right now. Yeah. Number six. You'd have to, like, go LeBron just because. Heat LeBron, Laker LeBron, or both. Or Team USA LeBron, I guess I'll kind of work. I'd say Heat LeBron. Number seven, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, that's a good one. Or, um, Nick's Carmelo. Mike Vick. Mike Vick. Mike Vick. Yep. Madden 2004, Mike Vick. Incredible. Number eight. You'd have to either go Kobe or Junior. That'd be a good one too. I would probably go Kobe. I don't 
Junior gets it based on popularity, but I don't think he's the best to ever have number eight in any capacity. Right. Number nine. I don't. I don't know. I can't think of a number nine. I thought of another number four. What do you have for number four, quick? Lou Gehrig. Oh, good one. Another Iron Man, number four. Right. Um, this one I I did kind of look up ahead of time just because I couldn't think of a number nine when I was going through these in my head earlier. Roger nice. Maris wore number nine. Okay. Um, that was really all I could think of. I mean, that was the extent of mm. number nine that I could find. And I'm sure we're probably missing some really easy ones. Right. But. Joe Burrow. Is he number nine? He is number nine, but I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, he is. You got to say he is. Really? Yeah. Okay, number 10. Jordan Love. Okay, now you're just messing with me at this point. Um, Danica. That's even worse than Jordan Love. Uh, oh, you forgot to say Ryan Braun for Wisconsin for... Eight, two. Oh yeah, I did. I'm I'm disappointed in myself for that one. Um, number ten. I'm gonna say Landon Donovan. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, really, there's number ten is one of those numbers for soccer. I think Messi wears number ten. I thought he was nine. Maybe well, he's ten. If he's if he's nine, then we missed out a big one at nine. But right. Um. Either way, I mean, I, you gotta throw him in there. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, number nine or ten, one of those two. I think he's a. Is he eleven? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I do not know my soccer that well. No. He's number seven. Oh, he's he number seven. Oh. Um. What are we on number eleven now? Yeah, eleven. Rowdy Um. Rowdy. For a personal standpoint, I'd probably say Richie Sexton. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite baseball players who, I mean, you really think he wasn't, like, incredibly that good. No. He's, he's really. an all-star. I think he was a two-time all-star. But Lyle Overbay is up there, too. Brewers, mm. first baseman wearing number 11. Just yeah. have a special spot for me, apparently. Yeah. Number 12, uh, we've got the obvious Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Oh, I lost you there for a second. I was just saying number 12, I don't have to go too deep on this one. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Pretty, yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, number 13. A-Rod. Yankees A-Rod. Yeah. That is, well, I can look up here. Alex Morgan for the Team USA. One of the better women's players of all time. Oh, yeah. Sure. Number 14, uh, Don Hudson. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin one. Um, I feel like we're probably missing out on some here, too, but that's yeah comes to mind. 
a random number though. That's in fifteen. Go just to round out here. Bart Starr probably takes number fifteen for least here in Wisconsin. You could obviously not in, you know not the same level, but just in terms of kind of signature numbers. If we're just talking strictly Wisconsin sports, you got to throw Ben Sheets in there. Mm-hmm. Um, be remiss if I didn't mention Ben Sheets anyway. Right. So, yeah, that would be kind of the one that I'm thinking of. But I don't. Obviously, like I said, he's not on the same level as Bart Starr. Holmes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to admit it, but yeah, you do. <laughs> How don't you want to admit it? I just don't like him. I'm not a big fan. You just don't like him because of his brother. And his wife. But there's a whole bunch. I, anyway, we're going <laughs> to... going to skip over it. We're going to skip over that one. We've got a whole lot to talk about this week. Um, but yeah, so I just want to spring that one on you, Sean. I thought that would be kind of fun. Mm. Uh, next week, we will do 16 through 30. Oh, so you're telling me ahead of time now so that I can prepare? If you want to, maybe I'll skip a week and just throw you off. We'll do it in a couple of weeks, just when we really don't got anything going on. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so that is kind of our general spiel, which just takes us to our trip around the state of Wisconsin. Um, and kind of a quick one this week. Not a whole lot going on in a lot of the bigger things. Um, so we can kind of spend some time with some of these other, you know, kind of the ones that don't get as much focus. Uh, first and foremost, I do have to say we had a request. I had a, a request out there for some of our listeners last week to see what, you know, they wanted us to talk about and see what kind of contributions they would want to make to the show. Um, we had a request for the discussion or debate or whatever of preference of squeaky cheese curds like fresh cheese curds or fried cheese curds which are better squeaky i would also agree with that i think hot take i think fried cheese curds are very hit or miss yeah it depends on where you get them because the batter could suck on them and really kind of ruin them so so if we if we go to Iola this year, there's the little like Lions Club that sells cheese curds that mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing. That they have true. a little bit of that. Um, they're, they're so good there. I don't know what it is, but it they're just so good. Do you remember the cheese nuggets from Country USA? No, I don't. They were like, they were chunks of cheese. Probably like, I mean, probably middle finger to thumb of fried cheese. And it was, I mean, just incredible. Those were phenomenal. It came with like a side cup of ranch. Um, I will also go on record saying there is something special about like dirt track 
cheese curd, like Shano or Seymour. Racetrack cheese curds, I think, are probably the best of the mm-hmm. fried cheese curds. Yeah, they're pretty good. So, but as a whole, I would probably agree with you on the the f- fresh squeaky cheese curds over fried. Yep, Springside cheese curds. What's 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 the other one? Crohn's cheese curds up in Sting? No, not St- Stangleville. That's a bit, another very good one. Bernard's too up there. So yeah, that that was a request. Um, we also had a request on a track star who's competing nationally, representing the state of Wisconsin. But honestly, I'm kind of forgetting their name. So sorry, Dylan. Um, that'll be a later episode conversation. But apparently, you said you had stuff written down. I forgot that one. I was I was kind of just doing this as we were going along here. One job. I know, I know. Um, so I do apologize, Dylan, if you're listening. Good all day to do this, Eric. I was working. Contrary to popular belief, I do work throughout the day. Anywho, so trip around the state, Sean. Starting in Milwaukee, like we always do. Milwaukee Milkmen um, underway. I, I don't really have a whole lot on them. I, I haven't done a deep dig on them yet, but their season underway. Um, they are hosting the Savannah Bananas later this year. I believe tickets are well sold out for that already. But Savannah, Savannah Bananas are the... Uh, darling of social media and actually I do believe kind of a resurgence of popularity of mainstream baseball for better or worse I know a lot of people don't love it but it's entertaining exactly Um, I think I thought this would be really interesting I saw last night so I don't do you know the rules of banana ball Sean no I do not Um, so they instead of doing like true like Keeping score, and you know, like the Brewers right now, they're up to nothing. So instead of doing that, they like keep track per inning. So it's you know, let's just say like the road, like the Brewers playing the Astros right now. If the Astros don't score in the top of the first or whatever, and the Brewers score in the bottom of the first, they score one run. That inning, it's like a walk off, and you you score, you know, you play kind of like, it's almost like tennis in that capacity. Like you have to win that inning, and the team that wins the most innings out of like nine or whatever it is wins. Gotcha. Um, so I say that to say that Shane Victorino made an appearance for the Savannah Bananas last night. Saw one pitch, dotted a ball out to left center, um, and got the walk off in the seventh inning for the Bananas, but. Really cool scene. If you haven't seen it on social media, by all means, it's really cool. Um, Shane Victorino of, what would you say, Phillies and Red Sox fame? Mm-hmm. The Flying Hawaiian. Hmm? The Flying Hawaiian. Flying Hawaiian. 
came out to his his career long walk up song for Little Birds. Whole crowd was singing it in Vegas last night. It was awesome. Again, really cool video. Um, so that is the Milwaukee Milkmen. Also, um, staying in Milwaukee, as talked about earlier, the Milwaukee Admirals are moving on to the next round of the AHL playoffs. They are going to the conference finals to face Coachella Valley in Miami. Sure. I'm trying to find out who the, their affiliate is. Coachella Valley. Yeah. And this is for the championship then? Uh, the It is the conference finals. I think there's Hold two more rounds there. Okay. Um, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And they are the affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. Seattle's got a hockey team? Yeah. I didn't know that. When that I believe happened. this is their second year in the league, maybe third. Hmm. I did not know that. So they are the affiliate of the Seattle Kraken, Sean, which is they got one of the cooler logos. Um, Shauna was telling me last night that if she ever gets into like NHL hockey, like on a deeper level, that's probably going to be her team. Um, I would say that they probably would be my team as soon as Ovi's done. Sure. So Seattle Kraken. And the National Predators affiliates are playing uh, for the... Actually, maybe this is L.A., not Miami. I probably got that wrong. Um, playing for the Calder Cup Conference Finals. The Milwaukee Admirals will be at home May 29th, June 1st, and June 3rd for games 3, 4, and 5, if necessary. I believe this one's actually out of 7. So this is, I think, the first series out of seven. Um, so yeah, that's just—it's incredible. I—I I don't, I still don't really know the players, and it's kind of—I feel bad in the sense that it's kind of hard to watch because they kind of gatekeep their league. Okay. Like they have a special subscription service you gotta get, and no. I, I don't feel like it. I'm cheap. Okay. Um. You got every it's, other subscription service. You're not wrong about that. So games would be the series will start Thursday night, May 25th. Yeah, this has got to be on the West Coast because it's a nine o'clock puck drop um, here in Wisconsin. Mm, okay. So the 25th, the 27th, which will be Saturday. Come home Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then, if necessary, would go back on the road the June 5th and 7th. Um, for those in Wisconsin, in the Milwaukee area, the Admirals will be announcing. They're still kind of working on some of the details, but they will be announcing uh, watch parties. So if you are a fan of the Milwaukee Admirals, by all means, go be sure to check them out, um, either at the watch parties or... Don't be cheap like I am, and uh, and find yourself some Milwaukee Admirals games to watch because it is a local team. And if you do want a pro hockey team in this state, uh, you kind of got to come out and support the Milwaukee team to show them that there 
is a want in a major market in the state to fill an arena. Did I send you? Did I send you that TikTok about the Wisconsin getting a hockey team? Um, if you did, I have not been on TikTok today or yesterday. I think it was like last week I sent it to you. You may have. I don't recall. Oh, it was gonna be like the mad, like either Madison or Green Bay, something. I don't remember what the heck it was. But it was was a big conversation last week. In the um, there's a Facebook group out there, Wisconsin 24/7 Sports, and this was a big discussion as to if there were to be a pro hockey team, where would they be? And just for that matter, if there was to be another pro team in the state of Wisconsin, whether it be like XFL, USFL, um, NHL, MLS, WNBA, you know, just one that we don't have currently. Mm-hmm. Where would it be best to have and and all that and what team would you or what league would you want to see? Um, NHL was a very popular one, with a lot more people probably saying Green Bay, which I thought odd. Um, over Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee would probably be better suited for it, just facility wise. But I also know that Fiserv, when Fiserv was built, they were very explicit in not having hockey there permanently. Like, they've had a couple one-off events. They've had a couple college showcases there. Um, they, I believe they did have a preseason game between the Wild and the Blackhawks. And I don't remember attendance on that, but... Um, you don't think it would be Madison? I'd be intrigued by Madison. I really would. Um, Just with all the hype of the college hockey? That that is a big part of it. I do think Madison as a city does face some challenge because another person had said, you know, suggesting that the USFL or XFL could come to Madison and play at Camp Randall in the spring. And yes, it has the seating for it. But I think Madison would be very hard pressed to have a pro team in their city. Right. Just just because of the sheer, I think Madison likes being a college town. They don't even sell beer at Camp Randall. Right. Um, I saw earlier this week that the University Union at Madison can sell beer, but it has to be like 3% ABV or less. Your standard Bud Light has like, what, 5.5? Yeah, something like that. So I think Madison just kind of has that knack for – being a college town. I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se, but I'd be hard pressed to see if they would fill. I think fans would come out for it. I just don't think the city of Madison would want it. Right. Um, in the sense of just for that conversation, if there was to be a USFL or XFL team in Wisconsin, I think the better partnership would be either be Whitewater or Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Because you have pretty decent facilities there already. Um, I think by bringing in, you know, that technically pro money or whatever, I think you can improve those facilities even more. I think you kind of get the, the benefit of, you know, you'd probably kind of go with the route like what the herd do. Or the Tim Bradley's, you probably go, you probably give it the Wisconsin label instead of 
the white water or whatever or the Oshkosh whatever. Um, you probably go like the Wisconsin insert team name. Right, pretty much. But I think that would be the route to go for those two leagues. But it, it'd also be kind of cool to have something going on outside of Packers season in Green Bay also. See, I don't... And that's another thing. I mean, there is a very popular misconception that Uni- University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, UW-Green Bay, doesn't have football because they're not allowed to. It's a big misconception. They technically are if they were to do the whole Title IX thing, which the scholarships alone would be a fucking mess um, because you have to have an equal number of men's sports and women's sports offered for scholarship availability. So you'd have a mess trying to get a team now. But when the university was founded, Vince Lombardi talked to one of the deans of the college and kind of came across the idea of, hey, maybe, you know, you don't really have the facilities for it. Um, you know, you're, you don't really have, a, like, a, a spot to fall into because the, the Horizon League doesn't have football either. Youngstown State has a team, but they play independents. And I think that's the only team that actually has a formal college football team is in the Horizon League. <clears throat> so I think you kind of lose that a little bit too. And there's not really, a, um, I mean, you could probably join the, um, oh, what the hell's the name of the conference with? Like Northern Illinois and, mm. and all those. But I think you do kind of, like you said, you it would be kind of cool in Green Bay. I just, I think you're kind of hard pressed for facilities here. I think Oshkosh is probably a better fit in that comp- like for for Northeast Wisconsin fans. Um, I mean, like you and I know how much we go to Tim Rattler's games, and that's an hour drive for you, half hour for me. I think that extra half hour would still bring people out from Northeast Wisconsin and make the hour and change trek from Milwaukee or you know whatever it is from Madison to Oshkosh. Or you can even, like I said, I think people would still go to Whitewater too. Right. Um, I would be intrigued by the possibility of a WNBA team in in Oshkosh playing where the herd play. Um, with 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 the potential to maybe make a move to Milwaukee or Green Bay because Green Bay, like the Rush Center, has ten thousand seats. Mm-hmm. And I. I don't know what average WNBA attendance is. I would be willing to bet and not even being like a dick about it, but I'd be willing to bet that it's probably close to that. This is making you make you sound like a dick right now. The average WNBA attendance for games in 2022 was 5,679. Still makes you sound like a dick. I'm just saying. (laughs) I think that would be a perfect venue for, the one of those teams or if you really want to throw green bay into it i think because they do play this time of year um the crest center would be a good option too and they have the facilities their seating is about four thousand. you know if you get that kind of that league attendance which we know that green that's especially that side of green bay women's basketball is incredibly popular over there mm-hmm. i think you could have a built-in fan base right there and potentially get, you know, I mean, Wisconsin Glow is a pro basketball team that you've that 
plays in the summer, plays like a short two and a half month, three month schedule, gets a lot of former Green Bay talent, among others, gets some former Badgers. And they play in Oshkosh, and it's, I, I don't know if they ever sell it out, but I know they do have pretty good attendance. So that would be a possible avenue as well. That's why if you're going to go to WNBA, I think you benefit from being in that Green Bay market. I know that the WNBA is subsidized by the NBA, so I think having that Oshkosh her or the Wisconsin her tie there as well mm-hmm. probably helps out a lot for revenue and, and all that sub, you know, the, kind of getting the thing off the ground. Um, and honestly, I think that would probably be the, the most likely path for a the next professional sports team in Wisconsin. Because like it or not, I, I don't foresee the USFL or XFL coming to Whitewater or Oshkosh. I think Madison would be intriguing. I just, like I said, that's just one of those I don't see happening. Right. Um... And I, I, I think Green Bay, if it went out of the Packers, wouldn't even be in these conversations. Yeah, exactly. So that's I think hockey, hockey would be intriguing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if. I'm assuming it's bigger, like for the NHL, than what the gamblers play on, like rink size. Yeah, I have to ask an expert, but. Um, 10,000 seats in there. I, I don't know what the actual gambler's attendance is. I'm pretty sure it's probably close to eight or nine. Um, but I think that'd be a decent for a startup hockey team. Right. Um, with, and that'd be one of those things with potential to build a bigger arena down there somewhere. Yep. So that would be something I think you could probably make a conversation for i think you'd probably have the fan base i mean the gamblers do have unbiasedly one of the better fan bases in the ushl in terms of coming out one of the better facilities so i do think there is something to that as well that i agree on <clears throat> all right sean staying in the city of milwaukee uh, Bucks apparently do have three finalists from all reports. Um, obviously, nothing confirmed by the team because the team doesn't do that. But uh, the three finalists allegedly are Nick Nurse, um, Kenny Atkinson, and Adrian Griffin. Hmm. So that is kind of the the three finalists. Um, ironically enough, or interestingly enough, I believe Adrian Griffin is the former Raptors assistant who had been with Nick Nurse. So that was that was kind of an interesting, I think, that... That they both got... That they finalists. both are finalists and both got in that. Um, some experts are saying that Giannis's pick is Adrian Griffin as well. Obviously, I don't. I don't believe Giannis has confirmed that, but that is kind of the rumor floating out that that is his pick. Well, you got to imagine he's been in the conversations and everything that way, at least. You got to think so. I mean, because the Bucks have had pretty good ownership as a whole and pretty good front office, unlike another team in Wisconsin that doesn't talk to their MVP, but. 
I had to. I had to. Um, and then Golden State assistant is Kenny Atkinson, which would be interesting as well. But I find it interesting that the I think the Bucks have it by the throat, and I think you're going to get kind of really hard pressed here because there's some big dogs looming out there too, with Phoenix and Philadelphia looking for new coaches. Um, but I think you're kind of looking at a point where you've kind of got to make your decision so you don't get sniped unless, you know, you're kind of between it and you're just looking to see what, what dominoes are going to fall. Right. But I think if you have your guy without doubt, you've got to go make that, that splash on it. Um, former Bucks assistant Darvin Ham did get bounced last night as part of the Lakers losing in the playoffs. Intriguing. I just I don't I'm assuming you didn't watch last night's game. Um just the difference of kind of end of game philosophy between the two. Between Boonholzer versus Nurse. Um some critical of Darvinham last night for kind of letting the game get away from them a little bit in the second half, because I believe at halftime they were up fifteen. And they didn't put Tristan Thompson back in the game. Um, kind of reading body language, they you know didn't really seem like a lot of the guys beyond Thompson, LeBron, and Austin Reeves really were you know had their whole heart into it. Again, based on body language, it's nothing firmly that you know was said. But one of those kind of interesting things that I took out of last night's game. Um, so kind of letting that that getting away from you a little bit with the halftime adjustments, but it's a very big criticism of Budenholzer as well. But I also did find it interesting, you know, kind of watching that game, the Lakers had the ball with four seconds left, and they did call the timeout that they had. They had two timeouts at that moment, and things were kind of a mess on a loose ball after a Denver miss, and they called the timeout to advance it to try to tie the game or win the game. Um, unlike Boonholzer in the last game in game five or game five in Milwaukee. So I found that interesting enough as well. But so beyond that, no real huge news with the Bucks. Um, just kind of waiting for the NBA season to end for them to see what kind of moves they're going to start making. Uh, one of the bigger kind of rumor mills coming out of the NBA today is that Houston is expected, you know, who's actually right now currently the odds on favor for James Harden services next year is expecting to make a big push for guys like Brooke Lopez and a couple other bigger free agents. So Brooke Lopez, the one of the hotter sought after free agents this offseason or trade candidates. I don't really remember which one he is, but. Um, one of the bigger names potentially be on the move. I, I think that's an interesting concept. Um, if Milwaukee gets either outpriced or gets an offer they can't refuse for for him, I you could potentially see him move. Mm-hmm. And I very torn on on how I think if you know if I want him to stay or if I want if I'm okay with him going. Um, I know we've talked on this show. In the past, Justin very vocal about how 
his rebounding, Brooke Lopez's rebounding, is a lot of tips and kind of drives the offense that way, which can be good, can be bad, depending on the night. Um, did have an offensive resurgence, so if he is a free agent, I think he might have priced himself out of Milwaukee, just in the sense that I think he's going to have a little bit of an inflated value, and maybe it's kind of one of those Patriot things that you move on a year too early instead of a year too late. Yeah, that's what I was. that's what I was thinking, too. So... That's really extent of Bucks talk. We just sit and wait, and um, as you mentioned earlier, Carmelo Anthony retiring after 19 seasons, did not have an NBA ring, did have the one at Syracuse. So he does retire from the NBA. Um, LeBron hinting at possibly retiring after last night's loss. I doubt he does, but the Nuggets are making their first ever NBA Finals appearance. And then, again, potentially tonight, we could see Jimmy Butler, the Marquette grad, and move on to the NBA Finals for the Heat, um, which have been one of the most dominant teams in this playoffs outside of Denver, really, but has been dominant and really kind of out of nowhere, being the eighth seed, barely getting in through the play-in tournament, and shocking the world with a gentleman's sweep of Milwaukee, potentially a sweep of the number two seed, the Celtics tonight. I think they probably can get the job done. And I, to be honest with you, I think if Boston was going to get back into this thing, it would have been going down, you know, getting game three. But. So it should, should be. Did you, so the newest thing I've seen is heat nuggets is going to be, Jimmy Butler and the Heat against the Jokic brothers because of remember the fight that happened in the last year? Yeah, that's right. I would love if that's the matchup we get, which history and everything about sports indicates that we are going to. In the NBA, there's never been a 3 0 comeback. However, the city of Boston is very familiar with 3 0 comeback. Right. So until that until that final game is done, I'm not saying shit. Right, but, exactly. Um, statistically speaking, if that's the matchup we get, I am going to be the biggest Nuggets fan. I love Jimmy Butler. I love watching him now that he's not playing the Bucks. I cannot fathom having to say this sentence, even though he's not even playing. But having to say the sentence, NBA champion Tyler Hero. Like, that's the nightmares already. Yep, you're going to have to say it, though. So, go Nuggets. <laughs> um, I will say, having... I mean, this is the first time I think I've actually watched the Nuggets in the, the Jokic years. Because they're, they're kind of just... An, out their team they're on the west mm-hmm. coast they're not like the mainstay you know they're not the clippers they're not the lakers they're not golden state they're not even portland who had dan lillard and, and cast so they don't get like all the love that those other teams do but i was very impressed with jamal murray in this series he's having a hell of a season Jokic 
he looks like he could be, you know, sitting up in the stands drinking a Bud Light, and they called on a fan, you know, like Mike style. Right, exactly. Come play. Just he's a big, awkward dude. The guy, I love the fact that, like, the narrative of his career, he's a two-time MVP, probably should have been three-time MVP this year. But his big claim to fame, aside from those two things, that he was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, but ESPN wasn't even bothered to come back for the announcement of his pick. Right. And here he is, um, making his first NBA Finals appearance, two-time MVP, Western Conference MVP, last night. Um, Currently speaking, Boston is up on Miami 37-34 early on in that game. Uh, Seven and a half left in the second quarter of that one. So kind of monitor that one throughout the night here as we go along. Uh, we go to the other pro team in Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers, who, despite going 2-4 and four last week, getting trounced by the Cardinals in multiple games and surviving a series, being able to squeak one out against the <coughs> best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they are still leading the NL Central by a half game. And this, despite the fact that they really only have two of their starting pitchers on the roster. Um, Eric Lauer got placed on the injured list last night. So another Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher goes down. So that just leaves Corbin Burns, who has been not Corbin Burns like this season. And Peralta, who has been kind of like your three starter. I mean, of the three of the big three. Um, they did go out, actually make an acquisition today, Sean, in former MLB All-Star Julio Tehran. Yeah, but he was an All-Star in what, 2012? Um, 2013 Rookie of the Year, a pair of All-Star team appearances. Finished fifth in 2013 uh, Rookie of the Year. Remained a solid starter from 17 and 19. Command began to worsen. Um, has not played in the big since 2021. I feel like there's a lot of other guys. That... I am genuinely surprised that they have not gone out and gotten like a trade. Um, I saw one mock trade of Alex Wood from the the Giants yep. for um, what was the trade on that one? It was Alex Wood for not even one of the top prospects because he had two years on on contract, but it was a very interesting trade that I think I would probably be all over if I was Milwaukee, but obviously there's a lot more that goes into it besides sitting here and talking about it. Right. But that was one that really kind of caught my eye that I would, like, you know, because we know um, Woodruff's going to be out for quite a while. We have, we know that Wade Miley's out for a little while now. Um, We really have no idea on Eric Lauer. So... It's yeah. it's one of those where we kind of wait and see and see if the Brewers can tread water, see if they're going to start calling guys up. Uh, I had mentioned 
Robert Gasser is one of those names. Ethan Small is another potential oh. guy. They got to go get like Sean Markham, Chris Capuano, Randy Wolf, somebody, somebody like that. Uh, preferably not actual Sean Markham, though. Why not? I can't do that again, Sean. I really can't. <laughs> it's bad oh, enough. Man. It's yeah. bad enough that Adrian Hauser is still in the organization. Although right now he's pitching better than Corbin Burns, so I guess I really can't say shit. But um, I have talked at nauseum about how much my disdain for Adrian Hauser is because. Any given night, he can be lights out, and he could have been that guy to get you your first no-hitter prior to Corbin Burns since 1987. But any given night, he could also be, like what we saw last night, be a 12-2 game or an 18-1 game and give up, like, nine and three innings. It's just the guy has no in-between and that is one of the most obnoxious things in sports I can think of. When there's a guy who is either Hall of Fame good or awful, and he's just good enough to keep around, but isn't good enough to like warrant like the big money. Yeah. That is, no. I mean, somebody's got, people have to be average. There has to be an average, you know, player. But when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff, or what it has been, what it has been on paper every year, you know, whatever, when he's your fifth starter, I guess you're sitting pretty good. But when, considering the fact that he's your fifth starter, where you have, you know, if we're talking MVP the show or start of the year, you have Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. You have Devin Williams in the back end of that bullpen. Mm -hmm. You have such a great staff. You have Aaron Ashby, who is kind of to be determined yet on what his career is going to be. But that's your fifth guy. That's your your kind of stopgap. Yeah. That's your guy you can live with as your fifth starter. Drives me absolutely nuts. Really, the, I couldn't tell. What's that? Really, I couldn't tell. I just... I want to like him. I really do. I want to just be content with having him go out every fifth day. You know, not being an anxious mess if he's going to go out and give up six in the first two innings or if he's going to strike out seven in the first three. It's really baffling that a pro athlete can be that polarizing of what their outcome is. Like, I, I truly don't get it. Yeah, some days. Did, did you see the thing about Trevor Bauer recently? Um... I did not. All I know is he's in Japan right now. Yeah, so he, so he's in Japan right now, and he he's given up 18 runs in three innings, and Jeez. got sent down sent down to the to an affiliate of the Japanese team that he's on. 
This is going to sound awful. I did not know they had affiliates there. I didn't either. I really didn't either. <clears throat> but, like, that that would be a guy I would make a call on before, like, Julio Tehran. Yeah. I, uh... I would have to agree with you on that. Because... I mean, I don't know if Milwaukee wants all the the circus of media that comes with having a Trevor Bauer on your, your roster. And for what it's worth, I don't know what his relationship with, I mean, because in the world of sports we're in now, we know all these guys are, you know, they know each other outside of the game and outside of the league and they all hang out and whatever. I don't know what that relationship is like with a lot of the other guys because he's such a polarizing figure. Take the allegation, I mean, the allegations of his, um, why he was suspended for as long as he was. Right. Are very hit or miss as well. And I'm, I'm not going to touch those here, but to, if you take those out, which you can't, but if you do, he tends to rub his teammates a lot of the wrong way. Um, and interestingly enough, you have a guy who's, who probably spent some time, and I have to look if they actually crossed paths, but Owen Miller played in the Cleveland organization last couple years. So I'm curious if they crossed paths or not, if he has kind of like that, hey, here's what he's like, you know, between the things. I'm curious on what his his relationship with Corbin Burns would be. Right. Because we know it is a very well-documented um very well documented saga of uh Garrett Cole versus Trevor Bur- Trevor Bauer. Yep. So that would be I think that would be an interesting dynamic and I also would have loved to see, you know, Josh Hader was still on this team. If that would have had some sway too, because Josh Hader's big gamer and social media presence and uh, obviously, Bauer is as well with with the different things that he does on TikTok and with different pictures. So I'd be very intrigued. I think it'd be a good fit. Just as I think the fans would actually really love Trevor Bauer. Right. I think he's got Milwaukee all over him, and I don't think you know. I think that's kind of the re- one of the reasons he isn't so great in LA. Um, is I think he's best suited for a Cleveland or Milwaukee or when, even when he was in Cincinnati where he was lights out for, was it 2020 season? Yeah, I think so. So definitely, was he definitely an interesting would give a call if it was me, but I'm sure there's a hundred reasons why they have not given him a call yet. Exactly. So, all in all, that is the Trevor Bauer saga. Um, <laughs> in terms of other, I mean, I really can't think of any other starting pitcher free agents that are still out there that would maybe be worth a call. And you're a little early in a trade mm-hmm. season, although counter. Um, Sunday was the two-year anniversary of acquiring Willie Adamas. 
which he ended up actually going yard in that game in Tampa Bay. Nice. So, you know, early season trades do work out if you get the right guy. Right. But to this point, you've kind of been able to tread water with Colin Ray, who started tonight and gave you, I think, five and a third he went. No scoreless baseball. Um, yeah, it looks like they got out of it, too, so. Colin Ray uh, in line as of right now for a win. Should they be able to hold on? So Brewers up 2 nothing on Houston. That is kind of what's brewing with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, staying afloat right now. That's all you got to do. Yep, that's pretty much all they got to do. The St. Louis Cardinals, we talked about them a little bit last week. Surging up the National League Central, uh, 22 and 28 on the year now, going from fifth place to third place in the league. So they have been red hot as of late. We got a chance to look, get our first look at, or one of our second look at them last week. Night and day different team than the team that we played the opening week of the season, Sean. Yeah, you knew they were gonna they were gonna start turning it around here at some point. They're they are hot. they are susceptible with their starting pitching. Um, because aside from Jack Flaherty, who shut down the Brewers in that 18 to one game, uh, last week, they have been really kind of hit or miss their, their starting pitching. They can't get guys out. Um, their bullpen hasn't been great aside from their closer. So there's ways to beat them, but they're they're probably going to get a shutdown starter at some point here. I would think probably. Probably a guy that Milwaukee called on and didn't have the the ammunition to go get. They'll get Corbin Burns. I don't even have words for that. I I would be so sad. I'm not even opposed. I mean, like, I mean, the the reality of the situation is, barring some, you know, crazy pickup here. The reality is they're probably going to trade Corbin Burns this season, and I'm trying to prepare myself for that reality. But to trade him in division to St. Louis, I would, I would be unwell. Yeah, but could you imagine the prospects he could get? <sighs> probably. I, is the Cardinals farm system really worth that much right now, though? I think so. I mean, the MLB just came out with their top 100 um, new prospects last week, and Jackson. I know we talked about this last week. Jackson Trio was number one or number two prospect in all baseball, um, behind actually, ironically, Darden Walker, who is a Cardinals uh, outfielder and third baseman. Um, outside of those two, I do not see the next. Top 100 prospect for St. Louis is at 38. Was Mason Wynn shortstop? Uh, the Brewers do have 22 Sal Freilich. and then if I'm kind of going from there, Tink Hence, right-handed pitcher, at number 62. Cool name. Um, Matthew. Libertore, left-handed pitcher at number 90. And then 
rounding out the top 100, not a St. Uh, St. Louis Cardinal, but a Brewers affiliate, Jefferson Cuero, catcher, with the mm-hmm. Blessed Chuckers, number 100 as of today. Nice. So we just got to kind of prepare ourselves for a trade of Corbin Burns probably this year. We probably do, but I don't want to. I don't want to face that reality yet, and I, I, I cannot stomach the possibility of him going to uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Not, not in season anyway. Maybe if he's a free agent, I'd still be sad. I would rather him be a Yankee. No, I really would. No. I, I would be much more like content. With life, if he was a New York Yankee, no. All right, Sean. With that, uh, we take a, we take a quick look at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Um, starting their road series, they are actually winning a game, Sean. Oh, drop seven to three on the Cedar Rapids Colonels, uh, which I believe is the high affiliate of the. I have to look at them actually because. That picture does not look like what I thought it was. Um, the Cedar Rapids Colonels are the high A affiliates. Of the Minnesota Twins. So these 11 and 27 Wisconsin Tim Rattlers up seven to three in the bottom of the seventh in Cedar Rapids. Um, a little bit kind of a quick road trip for them. Uh, they will be back home next week for a, I believe, a two-series set. So they are on the road this week. Kind of interesting how minor league baseball always does their series. They're not like a true three-game series like how the pros do. They usually play in series of five or six. Um, so they just came off of a home series where they were home for two weeks. Wow. From the 9th through the 21st, they're going to do this six-game set in Cedar Rapids. Then home for the month, or for the May 30th through June 4th. Then back on the road until the end of June, uh, June 20th through the 25th. Wow. So June, uh, they'll have Peoria in town for that home series coming up on May 30th. As always, tickets available, blah, blah, blah. Go to TimRellers.com. Um, just kind of one of those. I So as I kind of mentioned last week, I did the radio production of Sunday's Tim Rattler game, um, which did kind of suck because I did. I really wanted to go to that one with Jonathan Lucroy coming back mm-hmm. to Appleton. But... It was not meant to be for me. So did do the radio production and from the sound of it, that game was they did lose big. I don't remember what the final score was, but they were perfect through two. And then they just couldn't close out innings. They would get I think it was seven to two, I think was the final score. And all seven runs in that game came with two outs in each inning that they scored in. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. And it sounds like from from the sound of the you know from the the game recap and all that, 
But that's kind of been the theme of the season. It's always been, you know, two mistakes in a game costing big. So they are better than an 11-27 record. I I firmly believe that. But at the same time, they are not consistent enough, and that's why they're 11 and 27. Right. Um, which brings us to a little bit north here, city of Green Bay. Pretty big news this week, Sean, um, yep. revol- involving Green Bay football. Green Bay Blizzard, no, I'm kidding. Um, Green Bay Blizzard did get a win over the weekend, but not where I was going. That news being the 2025 NFL Draft coming to Titletown, USA in the Titletown District as well as Lambeau Field. I'm curious on how they go ahead and end up actually setting the stage and where everybody's going to be and all that. But um, Green Bay getting the draft for 2025. So next year, the 2024 draft will be in Detroit. And then 2025 here in Green Bay. I think it's safe to say that you and I will probably both be in attendance. More than likely. Some capacity. At some point, yeah. Um, jokingly, I said they should have, like for the first round when they have the players there, they should have them slide down the hill. That's dumb. They won't, but I think it'd be funny. It'd be stupid, but it'd be just funny enough to, like, watch it happen. Have the guys, like, their custom suits and all the, you know, the, the jewelry and all that they buy and have to sled down a hill. It'd be funny. Um, do want to say, in a serious note, um, I love this for a number of reasons. Obviously, besides the opportunity to actually go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I think very important for the NFL to embrace Green Bay because of just the history of Green Bay Packers football being tied to the history of the NFL. Right. Um, I mean, the Packers released uh, an awesome video kind of announcing the draft being here in 2025. If you haven't seen that, by all means, go check it out on their social media channels. They've got interviews with former players and Goodell and former commissioner Paul Tagliabue and a, you know just one of those kind of cool it's like a two and a half minute video makes you want to run through a damn brick wall <laughs> but it's like I said I think it's important to both acknowledge the history here of Green Bay in regard to the history of the league and then also just the capacity of what this team brings to the big picture and needing to kind of not keep it afloat because I think they, the Packers do a good enough job of that on their own. Yeah. But kind of embracing that small town. And I know a lot of skeptics are talking about the hotel situation and does Green Bay have the infrastructure? Blah, 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 and just shut the fuck up. Honest to God. I I have seen so much negative crap, and I, I do apologize. You know, I know that we're, we've actually been pretty good about our our language on, on this as of late, so good for us, but shut the fuck up. Shut, <laughs> shut the fuck up, is what I'm going to say. Um, 
It's just, it bothers me so much. The NFL would not have pulled the trigger. The the owners voted on this unanimously if there wasn't a solid plan in place. Right. And, yeah, like, Oshkosh brings in 600,000 people for EAA every year. Right, exactly. The Ryder Cup and and the PGA Championship has been in Sheboygan as recently as 2021. Yes, it's not as many people as as the 500,000, 600,000 people coming in for the draft. But still, that's another, you know, world-famous event that you've had in a much smaller town. It's also, I mean, you look at where, like, I mean, it was a couple years ago, this was in Nashville. And the Nashville hotels are always booked for bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, whatever. So you're not always staying in the city of Nashville or, you know, Las Vegas. You know, you're not that's whatever. I mean, people are gonna the the reality of the situation is even for Packers like football games, people stay in Pulaski, people go in Door County, Manswalk, Sheboygan, Shano, Cano, Airbnbs in Sheboygan, whatever. It you're an hour and a half, even from Milwaukee, you're two hours away. Right. It's it's not that not that big of a deal. And again, you know, you pretend that the city of Green Bay isn't going to go all out on this. They are going to be nothing but building up for this the next year and a half, two years, whatever, to, to be ready for this. I mean, the Titletown District is going to be on a different level to be getting ready for this, this event. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely insane. And the economics of this alone, Mark Murphy, you know, I know gets a lot of crap, and we've given a lot of crap on this show for caring more about the damn sledding hill than the state of the team because he's a businessman first. But this brings an estimated ninety-five to one hundred million dollars to the state of Wisconsin for three days of not not even having a game. Right. That's. Three days of hearing names called. You don't even, you know, aside from the first round, you don't even see players. You're hearing names called for three days. Mm-hmm. And that's $100 million coming in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. For what it's worth, that's the equivalent of about seven games worth yeah. of, of revenue into the state of Wisconsin. That's how many, how many people the draft brings in is 500,000 people? Apparently. That's... <laughs> About what it's been the last couple of years. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, the weather, it might be, you might have to wear a sweatshirt. You know, you might, you might have a jacket on for that first opening round on, on Thursday night. Right. It'd be cool if it snowed. Don't even say that. It's the last weekend of April. It'd be cool if it snowed. I'm not going to lie. A little bit, like I'll, I'll be honest, it would be a little like just for the optics, but It'd Green be Bay perfect. is It'd more than prepared for this. Oh yeah, this has been the sole one of the sole focuses of Mark Murphy the last what six years? It feels like right. I I I I don't get the concern. Um, I didn't want to do this in my nuggies, so I actually kind of avoided this, but. Rob Domovsky 
was very negative about this. Um, Benjamin Albright for Denver Media is going on a... I mean, he was trending for all the wrong reasons yesterday. Green Bay Packers fans were going after him yesterday in droves. But if you're, if you're Rob Domovsky, a team that you've covered for the better part of 25 years, how can you, in good conscience, be as... Not negative, but I think the words he used yesterday where he's concerned. Um, I want to get the exact language here because I, I want to kind of read your your thing on this here, Sean. I want to see I mean, it's dark in here, but I want to see your reaction as much as possible for his take on this. So... He quote tweets Wes Hodgewitz, who saying that he was excited to see the city shine in 2025. Uh-huh. Rob Tomofsky says, unlike Wes, I did not have the privilege of being born here, but my kids were born and raised here. It is our home, and I don't like when people disparage it. I hope it does shine. Maybe then the perception and misconceptions about it will change forever. That was his initial, kind of, or his kind of walking back this take. But he also had been saying... He's a huge defender of Green Bay after 25 years of it being his home, but he does not believe in hosting the draft being a good idea. They don't have the infrastructure in place. We just look bad. I mean, this is a guy who who covers the Packers on probably the second highest level outside of the team itself for ESPN. And that's that's kind of what you're on record with. Yeah, I I I just feel like Green Bay is just gonna they kind of want to be put on the map, and I think they're just gonna sh- go all out with this as much as they can. Absolutely, I, think- I the one of the coolest experiences I ever got in my life was for six months I was employed by the Green Bay Packers during during my time in school. I worked for the Hall of Fame, the stadium tours, and the front desk. The amount of people who not only come to Wisconsin from the other parts of the country, come from around the world, <clears throat> their first ever time in the country, and make a pit stop in little Green Bay, Wisconsin, because they'll spend, you know, they'll be here for a week or 10 days or whatever, and they'll go to New York City, they'll hit Chicago, they'll be making their way out to L.A. They will take a detour from Chicago to Green Bay to see Lambeau Field. Right. You're seeing people... In the hundreds in Lambeau Field on a random day in in May, if not thousands, right? And that's not counting, you know, the weddings and and all that, and that kind of go with just a random day. But just on a random Tuesday, the atrium and the pro shop and all that, I bet you would probably see close to probably a thousand people. I would say that give or take. I mean, you're probably seeing some days bigger than others, and as we get to Memorial Day weekend, I'm sure we're going to start kind of getting that influx of, you know, with OTAs going on, the boys are in town, mm-hmm. um, seeing what's going on. But year-round, Lambeau Field is a destination that is only closed, I believe, two days a year, three days a year. Yeah, and that's I what think it's closed Christmas Day, unless there's a home game. Right. Um Thanksgiving. I'm pretty sure it's closed Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty sure it's closed on Easter. Right. 
So you're you're basically open in some capacity, 362 days a year. Let's give it two other days just in case I can't think of something. So even if you go 360 out of 365 days a year, Lambeau Field is open to the public, whether that be the pro shop, the atrium. People just go to Lambeau Field. They don't even do the stadium tour all the time. They just go and walk around the atrium. Right. Just to say they were there. They'll take pictures outside. This, they'll, they won't even go in the building. They'll go to the parking lot and take pictures at the, the little Lambeau Leaf statue outside of of the stadium. They'll just drive around the stadium. They'll they'll walk around the parking lots that are there. Just a nostalgia. Oh. And it's something that we just take for granted because we can just go whenever we want. And it's... It really is. And honestly, I think that was one of the most eye-opening experiences. Like I said, people coming from... I couldn't even tell you how many countries I saw in those six months, Sean. People from those countries. Who, who made a point to drive the five hours or whatever it is from Chicago on their cross-country trip of the U.S., their first time ever in the country, have to come to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. Anyway, OTAs are going on. Um, Matt LaFleur very impressed with, with Jordan Love today, talking about how he did a lot of things well, had a lot of things to work on, um, did throw three touchdowns in practice today, according to Rob Domofsky. Um Six of 16 with one drop, no interceptions. First touchdown of the day was a 10-yard post route to Christian Watson versus Keyshawn Nixon. Hit Romeo Dobbs on an out route for 10 yards. So pretty good all the way around. Uh, the number the number one group of offensive line was Yash Nijman, Royce Newman, going left to right, that is. Nijman, Newman, Myers, Runyon, Zach Tom. Um, Bakhtiari has been here most of the season, but was not present for OTAs. Among the others not present for OTAs today, Dallin Levitt, Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Jonathan Garvin, Elton Jenkins, Preston Smith. Um, Domovsky did kind of caveat that with Levitt, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and Smith have been here for most of the offseason. Um, also, a lot of talk about um, Lucas Vaness, the first-round pick, not under contract quite yet. I believe I don't believe he signed his his NFL contract, but was working with some of the reserves today. Um, freakish speed. I, translating, obviously, they're just, they're not wearing pads or anything, so it's shirts and jerseys, but freakish speed and explosiveness from all reports kind of coming out on him yet. On that good hopefully i'm hoping i'm hoping he pans out um the only other packers news i have here sean <laughs> are you gonna hate this but um aaron Rodgers was participating in otas today for the jets did tweak his hamstring or his calf muscle did sit out the rest of practice so that uh 65 of snaps is in potential danger um, right. for the Packers' first-round pick versus second-round pick. So worth noting and paying attention to, there was a tweak uh, to that to that leg. Did, did you see this report that they, that um, the Packers might try to go after Devontae coming back? No? 
I'd be intrigued. Because he's unhappy in Vegas, of course. I would be intrigued. Um, I would not get my hopes up on it. And I didn't think they had to give up that much from what I've seen. Because I think it was Yash Nijman, a second and a fourth, was all they were going to give up for him. I would be intrigued. Right. I'll, I'll say that. I am... Because I don't know about I don't know about you, but I feel like they need a veteran receiver yet to throw in with this young core group. I do too. I I don't know if it's Devontae Adams, just because I feel like how do I say this? If you're getting Devontae Adams, I think the expectation is to win. And I think that's gonna rub a lot of fans the wrong way. But or could rub a lot of fans, and actually, for that matter, could rub Devonta the wrong way if, if things go south. Again, the, the over-under total for the year right now is 7.5. Um, I think a much more realistic option, just financially speaking, that I would definitely, I mean, that they've been rumored on for years, and I'm surprised has never actually happened, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, yeah and I don't like that one. I think he's a veteran enough presence. He can probably get cheap at this point. I I would love Devontae to come back home, just for the sheer reason that I have another signed picture of him that I would love to look at potentially selling. But um, I would love for him to come back home and make another run. I I don't foresee it happening contractually this season. Next season, though, I would say would be the real interesting part of – when that Aaron Rodgers money comes off the books, you do have some money to spend. Mm-hmm. If they're still unhappy, and if if new owner of the the Raiders Tom Brady isn't, you know, oh, owner Tom Brady, <laughs> that happens today too. If that's, you know, if he's not happy and Jimmy G isn't the guy, and the Josh McDaniels offense year two is sputtering, I think it'd be worth the call. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gonna be a um. Ah, oh, what's the guy? Oh, semi-pro. I can't think. Of, Jackie Moon. Yeah. Right. Player, coach, owner. That'd be great. But no, another guy that I I thought of was the one of the Bengals receivers. T Higgins. Uh, not T Higgins. The other one. Not Jerry. Um, Boyd. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. It's a call on. I, I think it would be worth a call. Um, it's obviously I, I've. It's been hard to follow as to where the cap actually is now. Yeah. So I'm very curious on on how that would transpire, but I definitely I would definitely look at it as an option. Yeah, I I just feel like they need a they need a veteran presence in that in that wide receiver room. I would agree with that as a whole. So. All right, Sean, let's put a bow on this thing. Uh, real quick, what are you rooting for in the upcoming week? Uh, Memorial Weekend. Uh, first of all, um, I've got to say shout out to all those who have given their lives for this country. Thank you for those who sacrificed everything as we look at this Memorial Day. Always one of those kind of more, I mean, we, we get a three-day weekend. There's a lot of fun things that happen, but 
um, would not happen without those men and women who, right. who give all. So definitely, you know, on a serious note, do have to kind of go through that um, and take some time to reflect on on the reason that we get three days off. Right. Yeah. But, got color color on Saturday, and then we're in the parade on Monday in Ogana Falls. So very nice. Um, on Memorial Day plans, I believe Saturday. I don't know what we're actually doing Saturday. I think we are doing some babysitting during the day and evening. Um, what we end up doing during that, I think we're going to plan to be outside a lot. So we're very excited for that. Uh, take the niece out. Have some adventures with her. Um, Sunday, I believe, having a cookout and celebrate De Pere. De Pere always does Memorial Day really big. Um, so I believe that's the plan for Sunday. And then Monday, I think, is kind of up in the air yet. So we'll see how that goes. But so that is that is Memorial Day plans. Um, I'm just going to kind of echo that sentiment uh, just for my official route for. We are supposed to have a gorgeous Wisconsin weekend. Um, and I hope enough people get outside and get to enjoy it. Um, I, I, you know, seriously, no, I do hope people kind of get to have a moment to reflect on the reason for the holiday, but um, get a chance to to take in this awesome weekend coming up here. I believe the Brewers are at home for those looking for something to do sports wise, um, and then yeah, I believe that's as we said earlier, Milwaukee Admirals hockey as well. So. Catch that, and I believe the Northwoods League starting up this weekend as well. So, plenty nice. of Wisconsin sports, and just in general, I'm sure you know. As you mentioned, Ohio Falls having their their spring events and everything like celebrate the pier. So, plenty of Wisconsin stuff to do. All yep. right, real quick here, Sean. Uh, bar of the week. I kind of wanted to get back on this one. I know that we kind of skipped over that this last weekend. I'm going to go with uh, East Town Pub here in Green Bay. Um, it is in the middle of, uh, you know, kind of over by the East Side Walmart, not in the the best part of Green Bay. Okay. But always great drink sponsorships. Um, has been a place I've gotten to go to a few times now. Food specials every day, different food specials every day. Um, like tonight, you could have gotten a cheeseburger brat patty and fries for five, $11. $2.25 $2. pints of domestic beer. Uh, Wednesday, they've got hamburger and fries, $10. All day happy hour. Again, uh, pints for two twenty five after 6 Fish is always good there. 4 for 25 domestic bottles on Friday and Saturday. So definitely a place to check out if you're on the east side of Green Bay and looking for a very casual kind of laid back spot, kind of off the beaten trail a little bit. Um, very nice bar and grill inside. So East Town Pub getting the the love for the bar of the week. Just with uh, Google reviews, 4.4 stars on Google. Some of the reviews. So don't just take it from me. A um, couple of the reviews here. 
Every bartender is total sweetie pie. Also, everything on the menu is great for late night eats. They're coming from Casey, uh, five stars a month ago. Great place to watch Packer games. Troy has some really good food. Recommend his nachos with chili poured over the top. That sounds good. Um, so a lot of people talk about the different food options, the burgers and tots, great beer selection. Um, just a kind of a, a true, I mean, we started this whole bar of the week thing with true dive bars. This mm-hmm. is a true dive bar in Green Bay that isn't like over the top like some of the other bars in Green Bay. Um, you know, Green Bay kind of growing up in a lot of ways around like the stadium district and all that, but just at its heart, a true dive bar um, that I've spent some time in now and just a good little kind of oasis from the day to day of the Green Bay restaurants and bars. So, so that's Bar of the Week, East Town Pub, Green Bay, Wisconsin. With that, Sean, we are in the books for Shauna, Justin, and Ramsey, who aren't here. Myself and Sean Kosterman. Episode 115 is here and gone. We're out. See ya. Bye.